Maybe you felt chills or goosebumps. Perhaps it's an overwhelmed feeling of something bigger than you or more complex. Whatever the feeling, God put the response in your soul as a reminder of his presence, power, and glory. It's called awe, and he wants to remind us of it every day in many ways. Join us as we discover how God has used his awe to inspire others to follow him deeper in their lives. All right, well, welcome to In Awe by Bruce, and today we are fortunate to have Keith Allen with us, and you'll recognize his charm, positive energy, and charisma right off the bat. He's connected with kids all over Los Angeles for almost a decade, and he just has that innate ability to inspire people to step out of their comfort zones and believe in themselves. Keith Allen's had an amazing opportunity to open up a kid's dance studio with his wife in Los Angeles called Time to Dance. They've been running the dance studio for seven years, and during this period, they've served about 10,000 families and graduated over 450 students from their dance academy. The impact has been felt by countless parents and kids who've shared their testimony of transformation from Keith Allen's method and love. In addition to teaching dance, Keith Allen is one of the top hosts for children and family entertainment, having worked with Disney, Nintendo, and Target. Currently, he works for a popular gaming YouTube channel called Pro Guides Fortnite, where he is seen and heard by hundreds of thousands of people every week. Aside from being a host, he is also a rising influencer as the motivation guy, where he is able to inspire thousands of teens and young adults weekly to never give up on their dreams, which, you know, I, I can't wait to hear more about that. Performing, hosting, and being an influencer is very special, but Keith Allen's greatest passion is pastoring a church with his wife. It's the Purpose Place Church. It's a place where everyone's welcome, a place where people and families are impacted weekly. A motivator, pastor, and leader, Keith Allen, through his love for God and people, is driven to make an impact wherever he goes. So today, we'd just like to welcome Keith Allen to our show. Keith, how you doing? Good. That was the best intro I've ever received in my life. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, we can thank Lori for, for that because, uh, you know, she just, she... He wrote down some things that were very special and, and I think very true about you. So I wanted to start off, how did uh, coming to Christ work in your life? How did, how did you get to the point where you became a Christian or did you grow up under Christianity? What, what happened there? You know, I, I guess for me, I was just always one of those kids growing up, um, kind of like the doubting, doubting Thomas in a sense, like, okay, God, um, <laughs> you know, if this is you, let this happen or, or let that happen. And God has always met me where I was. And I, I, I just love our father because he created us. He's, he wired us. He, he knows how we think and what, how we desire. And, and he knows how to communicate with us. He knows how to get the best out of us. And so God, God needed to do something supernatural to get my attention. I was raised in a Christian home and I had to go to church every, <laughs> every Sunday with my parents. My parents were in the choir. There were elders at the church and really involved. And I was kind of that rebellious son <laughs> But I had to go to church and okay. they, prayed me, they prayed me through. And so it was very supernatural. And I ended up going to college and this guy ended up coming up to me and prophesying over me on campus and just kind of read my mail about the things that were happening in my life. And I was like, oh, wow. my goodness. And he ended up pursuing me for the for the next semester. And I would hide from him. And, and he would he was always inviting me to church. He was the president over the Christian club. And I ended up going, and the first time I, w I went, there was an evangelist who was speaking, and he stopped in the middle of what he was saying, and it was probably 
hundreds of college kids from around Nashville. I went to school in Nashville, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And he just came off the platform and he walked up right, at, right up to me. And the presence of God hits me and he starts prophesying over my future. He starts saying that God is going to use you around the world and, and just started saying all just just so, so many things that just resonated with me. And that was it. I was wrecked when I was 19 <laughs> when that happened. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That that had to be so inspiring. Did, did it scare you when it was happening or did it, what happened? I was in a movie. I, I was literally in a movie. It was as if time, I know it sounds, you know, it sounds corny to say, or, yeah. you know, touche, but honestly, it was just a moment where everything stopped. And I knew at that moment, I, I was brought up under God, mm-hmm. but I knew at that moment that God loved me mm-hmm. and planned for me at that moment. Yeah. So was there anything in these instances that you specifically look back today and go, oh, man, this is this is something that they said that that I've done now. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Tell us more. Yes. One of the things that really stood out that I'll never forget, he said, you're going to take over lands for God. And he, he used the word lands. Wow. And I was always always wondered after that, OK, well, what is that? You know, when you get a word or you get a vision, or you get a dream, you know, on, in our own understanding, we, we try to break it down, <laughs> you know, we uh-huh. analyze, like, okay, what is this going to look like? And, and so I just never knew, but it wasn't until I graduated college and got involved with the ministry um, at our church where I, I went back to the high school that I ran from when I was in 10th grade. I had an altercation um, at, at a school. I was on the basketball team and, and there were these guys, you know, that, that I guess you could say bullied me. You know, in a sense, they were they were in a gang at the school and, you know, used to always just kind of pick on me. And I was a really good kid and, and, and all that. And I had to transfer schools because it was so it was just so bad. It was really disheartening. Wow. I was yeah. so anxious as a 10th grader, you know, feeling the fears of going to school. And so when I graduated college, fast forwarding, when I graduated college, the Holy Spirit, we, I became a youth pastor. My wife and I became youth pastors. And the first thing God says is, I want you to go back to the school and start a ministry there for kids oh. to the school I fled from, that I <laughs> ran from, the school that gave me nightmares and trauma. So I went back to the school. This is almost 10 years later, and I'm still feeling the trauma on the campus. I'm like, this is the school where I ran from. Right. We ended up going back. We stayed. We were there for four years, and, and thousands of kids received Jesus on that campus. <laughs> Jeez. (laughs) Praise God. That is really neat. So that's probably one. How in there did you figure out your gifts that when I did the intro, you know, you do, you have a lot of, a lot of these gifts. How did, how did those all come about? how did you see God working to bring those about? Yeah, that it was, it was interesting because um, growing up, especially here in, here in Los Angeles, you know, my, my pursuit was always acting. Acting for me was, was more of an, I guess it became an idol. And one of my one of my youth pastors, when I was in college, told me, he said, hey, you know, if you were to 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 die tomorrow, knowing that you didn't make it in acting, you know, how would you feel? And I said, oh, my goodness, my life would be I would feel horrible. (laughs) And he said he said it's because acting is your God. Hmm. And he said, God wants you. He wants to be your treasure. He wants to be the one to 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 use you however he wants to use you. And it wasn't until I just gave it up to God. That it was so funny that even when I'm speaking to kids, like I'm impersonating people sometimes and I'm doing like I'm using the gifts, that, you know, <laughs> that, that I've had. And God has just shown me like, no, like it's so much bigger than that. It's so. Yeah. Much bigger. so. Wow. 
Man, take us forward a little bit to then you and your wife being together and something happened that led to you opening a dance studio. And I know that just because I read that online on on your uh, website for your your church. What was it that happened that took you in that direction? What, where were you heading and what went on? Yeah, well, I was still, I still hadn't necessarily surrendered acting. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going on auditions. I have a great manager. It was amazing how that happened. Two great agents in, in Hollywood that people would, I mean, would love to have. And I, and I had that. I had access to possibly, you know, getting a, a really big acting career. This is prior to me getting married, but in the midst of it, my roommate, uh, calls me one day and it says, hey, I can't make it to my dance class. I need you to sub for me. And I'm like, huh? Like, I've never, I've never taught dance. What do you, I mean, I, I grew up dancing, but it wasn't, it didn't, you know, it wasn't my passion. So I ended mm-hmm. up subbing for him. It was a bunch of little kids and the owner came up to me and she was like, you're incredible. We, we love your energy. It's so positive. And the parents were like, who is this guy? And so I ended up teaching 10 dance classes at this studio and from there, my following started growing. And then I started getting calls to go into other communities to teach dance. And next thing I know, I have, I'm in a community where I have 80 students. And it was just one of those things where God was like, trust me, trust me. And so I had to tell my manager, I had to tell my agents, you know what? God is leading me in, in another direction. And I stepped away. I literally sacrificed my dream oh. acting. I put it on the altar like Abraham did. Yeah. Isaac. And I gave God my Isaac and I surrendered it and I started a dance studio with my wife. Didn't know where it was going to lead, but the name of the dance studio was called Time to Dance. Hmm. And that's the show that is up now on on Yippie. It's called Time to Dance. (laughs) I want to dive into that a little more, but I I, got to ask you. Yeah. When you're in those situations like that, what was the reaction of those agents? Oh, my goodness. They thought I was crazy. (laughs) crazy could they i'm sure they couldn't understand hold hold it what do you mean god's leading you oh no yeah oh goodness i at the time i said god like is this you because you know i know you don't burn bridges with people and i'm sure there could have been a more you know i'm at the time i was 23 and i was very zealous for god so i it could have i could have had a better way of of ending it but i i just was so zealous for God. I I really just wanted to be obedient to him and I had so much reverence for him. And so I just wanted to keep it real and just say, Hey, I I don't know what else to say. God, God said, do it. And I got to do it. And so management, everyone thought I was making a really big mistake and that I was going to regret it. And uh, they thought, they thought I was actually going through a phase, you know, we get on fire for God. So they thought I was going through a phase and, and yeah, that's, that's, that's what happened. Okay, so how about parents and friends? How do they react? Parents and friends, it was just one of those things where obviously this this is a new era that we're living in now with social media and influencers and YouTube and but you know at the time I obviously just like many of us I come from a very traditional family where mm-hmm. you go to college and after college you get a career. <laughs> or you get your masters or you go back to school, but it, it has to stay within those confines, you know. Right. So this is out of the box. I mean, I'm acting and now I'm starting a dance studio. I mean, it was kind of just like, oh, where is this coming from? <laughs> but I told my told my parents and my parents, you know, they they received it. And I just said, hey, this is where the Holy Spirit is leading me. This is where, it's where God is leading me. And I'm just going along for the ride. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
and I think maybe we can delve into this later, but it, it just seems like here's an example of where you, I mean, that's, that's a significant thing to lay on the altar. And you, you know, you talk about in some of your stuff about your goal being to help other people not give up on their dreams. Yeah. Somebody might look at it and say, but isn't, wouldn't that, isn't that your dream? You gave up on your dream, but that's not what you're really talking about. Can, can you maybe go on that a little bit more about how you've helped somebody or help people kind of recognize what it is God's doing and getting them towards that? It was one of those things for even the show to happen. I mean, I, I know we kind of fast forwarded through that story and I'm like, okay, we had a dance to do. Next thing you know, we have a show. And that's not, that's not what happened. It was, it was a five-year gap to when I surrendered the dream or I surrendered it to God to, to have his heart, to have his desire. But even in the midst of that, I still had this desire. I still had the desire to host and, and um, to be on camera and to do things on a platform or on a stage. And it was just things inside of me that would never leave. Mm -hmm. And midst of it, I believe it was the Lord that wasn't allowing me to give up on my dream mm -hmm. because he created me to do something, but I did it in my own mind. I was like, well, how's that going to happen? I just walked away from my agents. <laughs> I <Yeah>. just walked <laughs> away from my management. I don't think I have a really good name right now in, in the industry. I mean, huh. like, Lord, this is impossible, but God would send his people. He would send his prophets Sometimes in, in my darkest hour, I would you know, be at church or I'd be at a service or I would be somewhere and mm -hmm. someone would say something to me. Someone would just, I would just, sometimes strangers, I was like, you know, hey, are you an actor? Are you this or that? God would just use people to continually water the seeds that were inside of me. Yes. So in the midst of it, now that we have our own church, I mean, we've, we've seen people, our, the name of our church is called Purpose Place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we know that God wants to connect people to his purpose and and so there is one guy, um, you know, in particular that was coming to our church and he just started coming. He hadn't been to church since he was a kid. And he was at the time kind of gave up on opportunities and he, he wanted to be a writer. You know, he wanted to write scripts. Mm -hmm. And so we've just seen this guy in the last year just really, really take off um, and is really stepping out into the supernatural. And, and so we, there's other stories, too, where people have been inspired to do stuff for sure. See, I think that's what's great because, you know, that's why I want to make that the big contrast. But the truth of it is your dream is being fulfilled, but it's being fulfilled the way God knows that it can best be used by him and also fulfill you the most. That's so good. Right. And that's that's kind of what I'm hearing. And so let's take that in further then now with with uh, time to dance yes. and how that came about and the effect that that's happening and then you can maybe take us over into the tie-in with uh the yippie yeah uh, and what that means to everybody okay great yeah time to dance i mean i know i shared this some some a few other couple other supernatural stories time to dance like this entire thing was i mean i don't care where you live how old you are the color of your skin how much money you have in your bank account how many connections you have or don't have it doesn't matter when god gives you a word he will bring it to pass. Mm. When God gives you a dream, he will bring it to pass, period. And that was just one of the things where I just, I learned in the last four years, I didn't have any agents. I still don't. I, I mean, I have a show. <laughs> I have a show now on a, on a platform, you know, that's growing by the day. And I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing <laughs> the producer and creator of a show. I don't have any of that still. So God has been my agent. But five years later, 
I, I didn't have any connections. And all of a sudden, as I'm teaching a dance class, the Holy Spirit gives me a vision. I just see me on the stage with a microphone and I'm hosting a show. And so I just brought it to my wife. I said, hey, God is giving me a vision about a show. What do you think? Mm-hmm. And so we just prayed about it. And it was one of those things where I'm like, okay, God, well, I don't have any connections anymore. So if this is you, let me meet somebody <laughs> that has the connection to make this happen. And so a, literally a few weeks later, I'm at an event and a parent comes up to me and says, hey, I love the way you are with the kids. Just want to let you know I'm a director and gave me the gave me their card. And they were like, hey, if you have any ideas about something, I, I, I want to know. And I'm like, okay. And so ended up uh, calling them and, and sending them the, the treatment for my show idea. And man, next thing you know, we're, we're getting it going. And it was just wow. one thing after the next, one thing after the next. And so we raised money on Kickstarter. We got the money for the show. And that was supernatural because we had, I think, one day left or something crazy. We didn't have any money. And yeah. we had savings. And God said, I want you to sow the first couple thousand into the show. And so we were oh. like, all right. And so we sold out of our, our savings, my wife and I, the first couple thousand. And then after we sold out of our savings, that's when everyone else started to give. And we raised $13,000. Our goal was 10000 We raised 13000 in a matter of a couple of days. I mean, it was came out of nowhere, but God wanted us to, to do it first. He wanted us to step out on faith first. And so we needed a cast. We needed a cast. We wanted the best dancers in Los Angeles. But again, yeah. I, I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any. I didn't know anybody to to get me that, and so and then we didn't we didn't have necessarily a budget to pay the cast, just the crew. So I'm like, okay, well, we want the best kids. So God was like, believe for the best kids, and you're not gonna have to pay them for this. So I'm like, okay. So I ended up taking a, a gig to do. Uh, oh my goodness, this is so crazy. But during this time, I'm so busy. I get a call from a principal at a local elementary school, and they didn't. They don't even have a budget. They wanted they and so they they were like you know we don't have a budget but we like you to come to our school and just dance and do something with the kids are you willing to do it and and I was like oh my goodness I'm so busy and on top of this I got to do something for free oh man <laughs> oh, and we're trying to cast a show we don't have any kids and it's coming up and so I'm like all right I'll go I just I felt God was just like go so I went I go to this school right this school is like in the middle of nowhere <laughs> I go to okay this, I go to this school and I'm doing I'm hosting this party with, with these kids. I, this one kid I see is doing like these backflips and doing crazy stuff. Who is this kid? So I just went up to him and I said, hey, man, I said, you, do you dance? And he said, yeah. I said, hey, I said, you know, I said, I want your mom to, uh, to get in touch with me. And we organized it for his mom to, to give me a call. So long story short, his mom calls me and I come to find out that this kid is traveling around the world. He, like, he, he's like this kid that is on Broadway. He, I mean, he's doing all type of stuff, and she has him at this school to keep oh him away from Hollywood. Oh, she knows everybody. She oh. says, who do you want? I got it. Don't worry about it. She happens to be a believer. She was like, I just want to see purity back on television. She ends up organizing all of our auditions. She, she casts the, the top kids in L.A to be on this pilot. And because they know her, they did it for free. Oh, God is amazing. <laughs> I mean, you can't explain that. You being sent out to the middle of nowhere and that kind of connection being made. I'm sorry. You can't explain that apart from God. 
I mean, come on. Like, I, mean, I mean, it's like, what is that? I could have missed out on, on a very big opportunity. And now that kid, he's actually um, was a part of a group called Kids Bop. Um, uh-huh. His name is Isaiah um, on Kids Bop. And, he, and so ever, 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 even after we shot the pilot, I mean, he blew up even more. It has done some great, great things. So, yeah, we ended up getting the best kids, the best of the best. We ended up getting the, 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 the film crew to come out and we had a great crew. And we ended up shooting a pilot. Wow. And um, the pilot got seen by big, like all types of people and Dick Clark Productions called us in and we had a meeting with them. And, you know, that didn't end up that ended up falling through. But in the midst of it, man, God had his hand on this. And it wasn't until we started our church. We did the pilot and then another three years passed after that. Mm. And at that point, OK, God, we saw you moving supernaturally. But then you're like, OK, well, maybe this is maybe that that's it. And we could have gave up again, but God just kept saying, I'm going to resurrect it. I'm going to do it. Just, just trust me. And so we started our church and this guy who comes to our church ended up connecting with someone from TVN. And they were like, Hey, do you know anybody that has any kids shows? (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, yeah, matter of fact, I do. Cause he remembered that we had a show three years ago that we were shopping. And uh, that's how that connection happened with Yippie to go on TVN. Tell us more about the show and what what you're looking forward to it doing for the people that watch it. Well, the show is amazing. It's a, it's a family fun, energetic show. One part dance battle, the other part uh, competition, um, and it's also almost like a dance class for for the kids to learn even from home. And it's so much positivity. I mean, I filmed it, I hosted it, I watched it with my wife, and I'm still crying. <laughs> oh, so I'm like I was on set and I'm crying like this is the first time that I watched it. So it's wow. it, it's anointed and it's really the gospel. It's the gospel without saying scriptures. Mm-hmm. And kids are overcoming fears and they're performing on stage and do you see the triumph in it? Wow, you bring kids out that haven't haven't necessarily they're not dancers, right? And you're teaching them how to dance. Yeah, I mean they 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 have the foundation of dance for sure. Okay. But they're they're not the so do you think you can dance kids. They're not America's got talent. They're they're right. just regular everyday kids that like to dance. And those those kids are everywhere. And so we give them an opportunity to just learn some of the moves and show what they can do. Give us an example of like the effect that you see getting to do that with children because you know, we know that it's a great way to express yourself and and it can build the confidence and everything. What What's an example of what you've seen with somebody there? I think it was the first episode or second episode, but it, there was one kid in particular, and it seemed like what could go wrong went wrong. They were rehearsing. We set up the we set up the contestants with our coaches who are also kids, and that's what makes the show so different from any yeah. other show is that on The Voice, everyone's an adult. But on this, right. the, the judges, coaches, they're kids. Oh, so they're cool. They're, literally like kids mentoring other kids. And so we love that, that camaraderie that you see on camera, which is kids. And it's kind of, it's another angle that you see into their world and how they mm-hmm. communicate. And so one of our contestants was working with one of our coaches and had just a nervous breakdown. It was just like, I can't do this. I, I haven't, young man, probably 11 years old. And I, I, I can't, I can't do it. Started freaking out and just, and so they, they called me to come in and just talk to him. And when I came in and just talked to him, you know, I just prayed. I'm like, God, I don't know what to do, but you know what to do. So I came in and just allowed the love of God to just come upon him and just tell him and support him. Hey, there is no pressure. We mm-hmm. want you to 
have the time of your life. You are great. You are amazing. And I just began just to speak life over him. And he just, he just looked up and he said, okay, okay, okay. And we changed some of the things and he ended up performing and he did really, really well. And he spoke up on the show and he's in the microphone and he's like, I'm, you know, I'm having so much fun. Thank you. This is, I mean, he starts sharing his testimony basically (laughs) in front of a live audience. Oh, wow. In front of a live audience. No one, no one, no one told him to do it. He just did it. He just did. I just asked him, Hey, how you feel? And he just, which just kept going. And it was, it was, it just showed me the transformation that just happened on this show. Right. And as you can see it. I didn't want to tell you this until we got this far uh, into the show, but I, I've watched some of your videos of you dancing, and I, I tried to do them, and I flunked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I may have to come out for special special uh, training with you. <laughs> oh, love it, love it. I was thinking about this, you know, looking over everything, and, and I, I couldn't help but think of the verse that he who's forgiven much loves much. Mm. And it takes a deep relationship with Christ to be able to pass that along to somebody in an authentic way. Wow. And I feel that with you. I feel that, that you have that authenticity and everything. Wow. Maybe can you give us an example, if I'm not digging too deep, if you, if you feel comfortable doing it, of... Yeah. Of that in your life and how that happened? I remember the first time I ever went to a Christian youth conference. I guess you could say it was, I was in college. And, and when I say the first time, I mean, when I was a kid, it was, a, I was just going with the flow. You know, I was yeah. just going to church with mom and dad. And, but this is when I'm an adult. This is after my encounter with God when I was 19. And so I remember going to this conference and just looking at thousands of thousands of college kids from all over and I'm here at this little like mini stadium and I remember feeling so alone because I'm looking at all these kids and I was just I just say God like how do you know me look at all these people worshiping you they're jumping up and down I'm, I'm not jumping up and down I'm not even raising my hands like they love you more than me yeah. like how, how do you love me how do you love me and I felt so alone and I couldn't wait to get home and I just remember I went home and um, after afterwards and um, went into the room and shut the door and I just just fell on my bed and I just started weeping. I just held it and I just started crying like I was two years old. <sighs> and, and let me tell you, Bruce, the power and the love of God, he, it's yeah. like he literally walked in my room and sat on the bed with me and uh-huh. held me. I mm. mean, I knew, I knew, I knew that I was in the, I was literally sitting with Jesus. Like I knew he was with me in that moment. And I could say anything that I, that I wanted because I wanted to take advantage <laughs> because I'm like, I don't know when this moment's going to happen again. Let me say everything right now. <laughs> so I just started just weep like a baby in, in their parents' arms. And he just allowed me, he allowed me to vent. He allowed me to just get it off my chest, everything I was feeling. And I was just crying, having my, having my moment. And I was like, how do you love me? How do you love me, God? Like, how do you love me? Look, all the people that you have, like, how do you, and I just started just all my insecurities and all my fears and all my loneliness that I had even growing up. And I just let it out. And Mm. he just was so gentle. And it was almost like he was just rubbing my back, like just gentle, just gentle, just allowing me, allowing me to just speak. You know, Mm. he wasn't mad. He wasn't disappointed. It was just this love of, of a father that felt so safe. And wow. You know, he just said, son, he said, everything that I've ever created, he said, my eyes have never left. 
<sighs> eyes have never left you not mm. one time and oh my goodness that i'm like i have tears in my eyes right now because <sighs> i think you just spoke to a lot of people's hearts including mine I, my eyes have never left you that's wow that's a beautiful way to think about that and to, and to hear that and to feel that from coming from the lord Oof. thank you for sharing that i know that was that's tough but i it's, i really appreciate it yeah i mean i literally have tears in my eyes i'm crying right now because the, the i just feel his love right now and um mm. that's that's what he's given me he's loved me in my darkest hours and the hours where i've messed up and I made mistakes and I've fallen. I mean, his love is a love that I've never, that doesn't exist on the earth. It mm. doesn't exist. And if you just allow him to love you and you just feel his love, just a little bit of that love, it, it overflows out of you. You, you. you can't help but to love people no matter what background, what ethnicity, what color, what age, whether if they're in jail or not, or whether they've done the worst things imaginable, you, you can't help but to love them as mm. as he loves them because you know his love and it, for me his love flows through me on all his people and his children and i just all i want to do is just love his people i just want to love his people that's beautiful i i have a similar thing that hit me like that and you know i, I won't go into it because i want to focus on you but uh gosh i know just what you're saying uh you know that authenticity that you're expressing and that is expressed through you. Uh, you mentioned on your website that uh, praise and worship is essential to experiencing intimacy with God. You, you say that on your for your church, and there's no question. You know, I believe that, and and that I believe it happens at your church. I, I was just curious. Tell me what what's it look like in your service that brings that about that helps people get there. There's just such a safe place. You know, we, we just want to create a safe place where everybody's welcomed and um, doesn't matter how you're dressed or what you're coming in with. You know, mm. we just want to create a safe place. And once people feel safe, they drop their guards down. Yeah. If they don't feel safe, they're going to keep those guards up. And so mm. we want to love them on the way in. We want to have people that are greeting them. I know right now it's kind of different because of the social distancing, but even in the midst of that, just some sort of way where we allow people to know that they're welcome, that they truly are welcome. We're not just doing a, re a religious task and just doing a churches, because churches have greeters, so let's have greeters, but something that is very tangible and real. And so by the time the worship begins, it's not a performance. You know, obviously it's a presentation, but we just have to be careful where we're, it's not a performance. That are the people who come up on the platform, they have to worship. They have mm -hmm. to be worshiping God for real. Yeah. And that ushers in the presence of God to hit people who don't even believe in God, who don't even believe in Jesus, but they will when they feel his presence. <sighs> that's that's what we what we live for. Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, speaking of, you know, the times and the seasons now, you know, not only the COVID, but everything that happened with George Floyd and that, can you help us out from your yeah. godly perspective? What what can you tell all of us that are listening, black, white, red, yellow, whatever we might be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, as a black man, um, as a young black man, I remember my father having a conversation with me and he said, um, I have to have this talk with you. And I don't know if I was 10, 11, probably middle school. I hadn't at that point, 
I mean, you know, of course I had some little racial encounters with some kids here and there, but I had never experienced anything through police or just through walking on the street and being perceived in a certain way. I was a kid, yeah. but my father wanted to prepare me and I didn't really understand why he was telling me this or why this talk was necessary. I'm like, what is, what is the talk? I mean, most parents, they have to talk with their kids when they're coming into, you know, uh, that stage in their life about sex and all that stuff. But this was like an additional talk. It was like the additional talk for a young black man. And he said, son, you're going to be perceived a certain way. And he just began to tell me, he said, you have to make sure that you look like this. You, you know, you have to sound like this you, or, or else these are the things that can happen to you. And so I grew up with that and had many encounters. And so one of the things that I see with the George Floyd is I see God bringing reconciliation. I see in the past, whenever there's been a racial situation, it's always been one-sided or two-sided, a, a black versus a white thing. Mm-hmm. This is the first time that I've seen since I've been around <laughs> where I've seen now this has superseded that. And for the first time, there's a lot of people that look at this past color and people yeah. are viewing this as a humanity thing. Mm. And so because we're finally looking at this as a humanity thing, like if that was a white man that, that, that was being suffocated like that by a cop mm. and died publicly, even dying, dying in front of us, which is traumatic. Yeah. And then after dying, that person's knee, it's still on their neck. Yeah. So another pastor put it this way. He said, this country cares a lot about dogs. Uh. If we saw a dog being murdered that way, mm. it would be an uproar by everybody. Right. And he said this, he said, and this is a human being. He said, yeah. we can't. He said, if we feel more alarmed or more rocked because of a dog being killed on camera more than a human being, that's it's a heart issue. And I really believe God is getting into our hearts because let me tell you, Bruce, it's really deep and it comes from slavery where unfortunately black men back then were, were perceived as animalistic, as animals. Even when a slave would escape, they would draw an illustration of what the slave looked like and they would make him literally look like a giant ape like a like a barbaric like and so that was the first image that that was that was our first tv that was our first programming and mm-hmm. that's what perpetuated the fear and the imagery and so in media in hollywood and entertainment and you know it just goes on some forth where there were images that have been embedded in us to look at people a certain way mm-hmm. and I believe there's a heart issue that god is getting at and through it, I see unity and I see breakthrough for us as a nation that's going to be happening through this. So that's what I'm excited about. Okay. Yeah. That's, no, that's great. I, I agree with you. You know, I just, I think about Christ, you know, and he died to give us salvation, but he also tells us in that dying, he took down the walls Wow. between all of us, right? And, and at that time, it was between the Jews and the non-Jews. Mm. One of the areas that I think he's hitting on is that the way the the Gentiles, all the rest of us, look to the Jews, and he exposes that fallacy and he he blows it away, and he says now the walls are open, so you're all one. So good. And I th- that's why I think you're right. You're right on, and I, I appreciate you speaking to this because as Christians, I think it's incumbent upon us to show that those walls are down and that things flow freely. If I can give you a quick story. Yeah. that hurt my heart 
I, I went to Israel like 40 years ago. That tells you how old I am. But I went over there and I was with people that were from World War II. And we sat down outside of Sea of Galilee in this uh, in Tiberias where there was a hotel we were staying in and they served us St. Peter's fish, you know, the fish that Peter and all those guys caught out of the Sea of Galilee. And across from us were a group of Japanese Christians that were there to see the Holy Land. Wow. And the people from World War II that were the Christians with me, there was a couple of them that were saying things under their breath like, you know, A-bomb and Pearl Harbor. Jesus. And and I, I, I said to him, I said, are you really kidding me? Mm. The, the Japanese people could only say, praise the Lord and Jesus. That's all they could say in English. Wow. And I'm thinking, how horrible is that? Christ died to open up this. You know, we're all sons of gods and daughters of God, and we bear his image. Whether we're a Christian or not, we still bear his image. So, so good. anyway. One of the things that we've, we've been ministering to our people, we have a, a multicultural, multigenerational, uh, multi-ethnic church. Yeah. One of the things that we've been talking about is that we're, we are one race. We are we are one human race. And mm-hmm. even the word race comes from the from the West, you know, the, the Atlantic slave trade, which 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 was, uh, you know, which was slavery. The word uh-huh. even the term race, we were Gentiles or Jews or Protestants being almost getting that name from from where we come from. But the term race, it comes from that from uh-huh. from those harsh times. So uh-huh. we're one human race. And yeah. as even when you look at the word and you look at the Tower of Babel, I mean, mm-hmm. it, people, they spoke one language. Everyone yeah. had one language. We were one people. And then we, try, we tried to outsmart God and we allowed yeah. pride to come in and God dispersed us all over the world. And mm-hmm. through time, we started changing because of the climate and the environment that we lived in. Mm-hmm. But we from one people. We are one people. And yeah. I believe... People can know. People can get that in their in their hearts that know, because race means species. So if I see someone as another race, I'm saying it, and you may not think it, but there's something with that where you start to believe they're different than me. They're another species than me. Mm. But Jesus says, "Love your neighbor as yourself." How can I love my neighbor as myself if I don't see my neighbor as myself? Yeah. So we have to understand we are one human race composed of various ethnicities, mm. ethnicity. And so that's that's how I see people. We are one race and ethnicities. Wow. I like that. That's I think that's a good way to for all of us to view that as we come to a close here. Is there anything else, Keith Allen, that you'd like to, to say to, to people about anything you're doing or about what God's done in your life or anything along those lines? God is God has just been, um, you know, doing the supernatural. I'm married to a, an amazing, beautiful Lebanese Armenian woman, and it's awesome that when when people look at us, they see God's heart. You know, they see God's diversity. You know, mm-hmm. um, and so we we've been through so much, whether it be family, whether it be different things, but we've seen God reconcile everything, and so. Just want to encourage people that no matter what's going on in your life, I just speak God's reconciliation with relationships and families and dreams and desires. And if we can just go back to putting our trust in him, he will give us the desires of our heart. He, he really will. And just like you said earlier, and he'll do it in a way where we're, we are the most fulfilled. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Well, Keith Allen, thank you for spending this time with us. God bless you. Uh, we'll be praying for, for your ministry and, and all that happens with it. And we look forward to talking to you again sometime in the future. Thank you so much. It's been an honor. All right. My, my pleasure, my honor. And, and I'll be out <laughs> soon for those dancing lessons. Come on. Let's do it. All right. Thanks. <laughs> all right. See you. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.